Welcome to the ninth episode of the second series of the Women in CX podcast, a series dedicated to real talk conversations between women in customer experience. Listen in as we share our career stories, relive the moments that shaped us and voice our opinions as loudly as we like about all manner of CX subjects. I'll be your host, Clamour Skip, and in today's episode, we'll be hearing one woman's story about CX in Africa, finding yourself belief to become a CX queen, and her experience of overcoming racial and gender discrimination when she challenged the status quo of CX in the West. Let me introduce you to today's inspiring guest. She began a career in television before a sliding doors moment led her into the world of customer service in banking, and a path to demonstrating return on CX investment became clear as she worked her way from the ground up. She's a customer experience management expert and humanitarian with over 14 years experience working in media, banking, telecoms and education and says her mission is to grow businesses across Africa one customer experience at a time. Please welcome to the show CX sister Debbie Aquara. Hi Debbie. Hi Claire, how are you? I'm awesome today, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Great, great. And where are you calling in from today? I'm from Lagos, Nigeria. Ah, I was so excited to go there and visit you this year, but that coronavirus. You were supposed to, yes. <laughs> naughty, naughty coronavirus happened. Oh, absolute nightmare. Um, so the audience can probably tell already, the women listening, mm-hmm. wherever they are in the world, that you and I know each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Debbie and I have been CX queens from a distance since probably a year ago, right? When we met at an event. And yeah, the first thing yeah. we ever did was a virtual high five across <laughs> the event in the chat room. And this was before events were online, right? It was um, quite quite new and innovative. But from that moment, I just knew I had a CX sister over in Nigeria. And, and ever since, we've just kind of kept in touch, haven't we? Supporting each other on Instagram and social media. Um, and I really do think, you know, kind of the inspiration behind this podcast and the community that we're building, you're one of the women that um, helped me to get here. So just wanted to say a very quick thank you. Amazing we work you're doing, Claire. Amazing, amazing work. Well done. <laughs> doing it for our sisters. Woo. So um, today, I think, <laughs> um, so, so today, I think um, it would be really great for us to talk a little bit about kind of where Debbie and this powerhouse of a woman came from um, to get to understand a little bit more about customer experience in the context of West Africa and some of the cultural challenges and differences. Um, I really love to know how you're dealing with the kind of globalization of your own personal brand, because again, kind of social media and coronavirus is yeah. given as a platform, which is, is global now. Um, and then finally, I just, I'm going to ask you kind of where you get all of your girl power from, because it is so inspirational. So audience strap on, uh, strap in, <laughs> strap in, we're in for a treat. So Debbie, please do tell me kind of where did your career begin and how did you get into CX? So originally, I'm not going to lie, I didn't have CX in mind. I didn't know anything called CX existed. I was actually supposed to be a lawyer, right? Mm -hmm. My father wanted me to be a lawyer and I hate math. I don't like math. So one of the requirements, if if you're a Nigerian audience and you listen to the requirements to study law is you have to have a certain score in math right in your high school after high school and I was always failing math 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was home for like a year. My mates were in school. I had to be sick next time. Another year, same school. I'm like, you know what? Law ain't happening. Like, what next? What else can I do? And I thought change courses. So I went in, went in for performing arts, um, theater arts, Delta State University, somewhere in Nigeria. Okay. And it was an interesting ride. So the plan was, okay, let's do theater arts for performing arts for one year, mm-hmm. and then I can cross over to law and lose a year. But it got to the end of that year and my head of department says, you're good, you're a natural. Why do you want to leave? I refuse to sign a transfer form. I begged, I cried. He said, you will thank me later stay with us right and he actually did waive some of the fees for my handouts just to encourage me to stay back mm. and I did stay back so it, it was interesting I majored in mass communication so I had the option of you know majoring in specific mm. areas I majored in mass communication and you know I remember you know that I was that good if I have to brag I'm learning to brag about myself a lot these hey days girl. I don't do that to <laughs> women right yeah. so in my class at the time um our final year production was the play The Gods Are Not to Blame, an African and African play. And I was actually the director of that play. Wow. So I was not just the director, I was the first female director in the history of that department. Wow. You know, it was it was a big deal. So after the production, we had our final exams and left school. So leaving school, you know, we have a, we have to wait for a period of time to do what we call the National Youth Service Corps. It's mm-hmm. one year after university where you have to work in the public mm-hmm. sector mm-hmm. right so within that period um i got a job while waiting mm-hmm. and an advertising firm mm-hmm. i've always been that creative person so i was an intern mm-hmm. and the, the the sister company to that particular company there, w- there was like a broadcasting company where they do like game shows and tv mm-hmm. shows for different brands mm-hmm. um they produce it for different brands right now in this case, one of the one of the presenters, a female, um, they had some issues with her. She said mm. she couldn't script because she has to do her own script to focus on the show. Mm. And she said she could. I, I told my boss, like, hey, um, Dako, that's his name, right? Mm. I actually, you know, this is what I studied in school. I can actually mm. do the scripting for her, right? Mm. So I started doing the script. And then somewhere along the line, she opted out of the show. And my boss says to me, okay, you're going for a training at some place called Ipan. It's like a training school for people who are going to to broadcast it. I didn't know at the time. So I went for this course and I was told that I was going to take over the show. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I did that for a couple of years, uh, for a couple of months, right? I did that for about six, eight months. And then my NYSC happened. I had to travel, go serve my country mm. for for a year and then you know I got back and salary was pretty low and then you know people who had some guy who knew me while I was on television said there was an opening at this bank I had a popular face so if I was at the front desk it would do them a lot of good right yeah. so, so I interviewed so for had, that role so people had seen you on tv basically so he thought yeah, yeah, exactly. put you in front of the bank I'm like oh exactly. celebrity <laughs> exactly right so I I, that's fine. okay that's fine let me give that a shot so I, I you know I wrote the exam and everything I passed and I was put in the customer service department and the money was huge prior to that I'd also interviewed for an advertising agency and was taking them forever to respond mm-hmm. right the bank was paying really good money 
and the ad company wasn't going to pay me that much money. Yeah. Now, when you join the bank, if you're popular, if you're familiar with the Nigerian orders, this the way you join the bank, this thing called like an upfront fee where they pay you an upfront salary, right? Like a golden handshake. Money, right? <laughs> so it was a lot of money already. I was like, my God, all this money. I had never seen that kind of money before. And then this ad agency calls me and goes, okay, you passed the interview. Like, I've moved on. <laughs> Just yeah, bye. So, <laughs> bye. So in that role in, in customer service, I started, you know, doing that work. And then I moved to the head of the department. Then I moved banks. So in my new role in the bank, during my interview, the general manager then who was responsible for HR said to me, um, I think you can do better than staying in the front line. There's a department called Total Quality Management, TQM. I want you um, in there, right? Mm -hmm. So I went to the department and that's where my connection with, I didn't know what was CX then, mm -hmm. to be honest. That was when my connection with, you know, managing quality from a customer experience perspective started. And, you know, within that time, then I was moved to, so the team was, the team was dissolved, mm -hmm. which taught me a big lesson about connecting customer experience activities with the bottom line. So mm -hmm. when you run on your own, right, there mm -hmm. are implications. So we had our own agenda. Obviously, there was a disconnect and the team was dissolved. Um, so I moved into training. I was in training for about five years, but mm -hmm. I was still responsible for all the customer related mm -hmm. trainings and mm -hmm. designing the curriculum and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and then the bank kind of lost its bragging rights in CX. So I did a proposal to my boss then. Mm -hmm. And this is what I think the bank needs to do. And she approved my proposal, mm -hmm. what probably we call a CX strategy proposal mm -hmm. these days. You see, everything kind of existed, but we just didn't have the fancy names for it, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly I'll, I'll talk about it in a minute but this story is so similar to my yeah. own carry on carry on darling <laughs> yeah so um I just like amazing I was then I was uh I was like I was pregnant with my daughter right it was like oh, I was almost time to it was almost time to deliver mm. like a couple of weeks before delivery and she said to me this is approved once your maternity leave is over you're reassigned immediately to implement everything that you have put down in wow. the proposal yeah. Right. This is the this is a, this is a Pan African bank, and I resumed from maternity leave. Got on that. It was just me doing mm. the work again online, mm. leveraging the network already platforms for head of operations already existing in the bank, and the bank moved up to back to the first position. Nice. And so at that point, my boss, another boss who I was now reporting to, says, "Okay." We're going to merge your team now with human resource management. Ooh, interesting. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was so upset. I was like, what are these guys doing? What, what am I doing in HR? What am I, you know, and my former boss who moved me, who's also like a mentor. Yeah. Because she actually gave me the platform. She's one of, she's the most, she's the most, she's the most significant female character in my life. Mm. Right. She approved that proposal. She gave me the platform. She just let me shine. When I have idea, all she tells me, Debbie, what do you need from me? She calls me Onome. That's my Nigerian name. Onome, what do you need from me? And that's all. I only hear from her when I've done a great job and she, you know, she commends me. Or I do something really bad and she's giving me her own end of the stick, right? <laughs> so, and then she moved banks. Um, yeah. So I, she, I called her and said, oh, hey, child, what am I doing there? I don't know. And she's like, what is wrong with you? Why are you, why are you letting people see you complain? Yeah. You're letting them win. Go into HR, nail it completely, learn and move. And also, right? I suppose there's a connection between employee experience there. Yeah, exactly. 
So like, okay, she said so, so I'll do it. So I went into HR, I bought this book, I bought a couple of books on HR, um, just trying to read up and find my own. I'm this kind of person where I like to find my own purpose in everything that I do, because that's what keeps me going. Yeah. So if tomorrow I want to go into carpentry, Mm. Well, I want to become an engineer. I guess mm. I'm too old for that now, but just say. <laughs> <laughs> Never too old. So, right. <laughs> become an engineer, right? Mm. I'm always thinking, what will be my purpose? What will be Debbie about that thing? That's what drives me. I love that. And then in doing that, yeah. So in doing that, um, this my mentor, ex-boss, became executive director of one of the largest banks in Africa. Mm. And she reached out to me to say, you need to move and come with me and run CX. Um, and that's what happened. So I moved to that bank to head the team, put it together. And within nine months of being with that team, the, the bank was, the focus was they wanted to improve industry ranking in customer service at the time. And just nine months, we moved up three steps mm-hmm. from, from 16 to, to 13, which was really good. Mm-hmm. And then I heard about the vacancy in telecoms company. I'm like, okay, I really want to know about CX, not just in banking. I want to experience it in other sectors as well. Mm-hmm. So I moved to a telecoms company, Etisalat, now mm-hmm. called Nine Mobile in Nigeria. And I worked there. And then great at so Etisalat was a completely different KPI. The focus was supporting the business and revenue with mm-hmm. CX. Mm-hmm. The previous one was improve industry ranking. But in this case, my goal was, okay, the, and this is the example, right? The company at the time, um, they had 21 million subscribers mm-hmm. and they had invested money in a self-service uh, platform. Mm-hmm. Now we had only 300,000 subscribers using that platform. So the whole purpose of investing in self-service was defeated because the cost to serve at the contact center, which was the reason for the design of the platform was still very high. Mm-hmm. So the overall business KPI was we need to reduce cost to serve and increase the number of customers who are self-serving. Mm-hmm. So what we did at the time was, okay, you know, well, we, we did a lot. My team at the time came together. And what we did was we, of course, we have to do a diagnostics. What is wrong with that? even know what is wrong with the platform. So we spoke to three types of categories of subscribers. We spoke to the guys who had never used the platform to mm-hmm. understand, you know, why have you heard about it? Why haven't you used it? We spoke to the guys who had used and stopped. Mm. And then we spoke to the guys who have used and still using it. Then we went a step further. So we did to help us, you know, in the current state mapping for the three different customer cuts for different mm-hmm. segments, right? And then we now did competition mapping where we got MTN, these are the telcos in Nigeria, MTN, Airtel, Glow, and we bought their SIM cards, use them on the phones and explore their own self-service platforms. And we found out that the major challenge was customer efforts. Mm. So the other guys, while you just because they know what most subscribers do on that platform they prioritize those um, activities as number one Mm. whereas we were going with our regular design journey Mm. as against using like a day in the life of journey to know that this is what the customer prioritizes right Mm. so we did that um we had a problem at the end of the day. So when we did all that, we shared with everybody, shared with everybody IT, marketing, the design, everybody shared with everybody. And like, okay, so IT says we need this amount of money to rework the flow on the platform. And it wasn't in the, it was in our budget. I'm like, okay, but it was easy for us because the KPI for the business Reducing was to reduce serve. cost to serve. So when we went to the CTO, the chief technical officer, he's like, guys, are you okay? This is 
part of the business KPI, look for the money. Mm. So we got that approval, right? Mm. Now, when we when that whatever was done, the marketing guys, we all sat down, we went on radio, um, billboard ads, mm. a lot of customer education content we designed. We did flyers, we did brochures, we did like when you make your call, that mm. last minute notification that you see. Uh, mm. We did all sorts of things just to push awareness about it. And that number grew within a year from 300,000 subscribers to 8 million users on that platform, right? Um, So that was a big one for me there in terms of understanding that when you you have to connect Mm. your CX initiatives with what the overall business KPI is. You can't work in isolation. Yeah. Then I, I moved to education. Go on. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to say, like, I, already there's just so many similarities between my own experience and my journey into oh. CX as yours, obviously without the broadcasting. Um, but just like, to kind of pause a second and just reflect on Yeah, like, sure, absolutely. How those like kind of doors open that you never were really looking for that lead you to another opportunity it's crazy right mm. so uh being yeah. in the right place at the right time i think i share with you as well <laughs> or that yeah. sense of like you know if i if that that, that turning point in my career was because mm-hmm. i did a really great job at the right time but also yeah. like the experience of you know not really knowing that what you were doing was cx and when you first started innovating and trying to do things differently around the customer mm-hmm. and seeing the impact that it had and being able to have paint that really commercial picture back to the business of what you did it's really refreshing to hear you talk in such a commercial way because I think you know when you said about like the business's goals what what are they trying to do you Mm -hmm. know businesses that have um, robust KPIs that you're aiming for like reduce cost to serve without damaging customer service (laughs) it's sometimes a bit easier to work in than just make things nicer for customers because exactly it sets themselves that goal and then they think well why are we doing this because <laughs> you know yeah. it's not being linked directly to the bottom line um and also like mm-hmm. the cx design approach that you take is really similar to the one that i did too so let's review the existing yeah. and design the future but i'm, I'm really intrigued yeah. you know there's a lot of similarities there what's the difference with cx in west africa um or like kind of trying to do this these similar things that we've both had the shared experience of what makes it yeah different in 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 your region so i would say what's different with cx in west africa from my experience is cx hasn't even started right right so in, in the western world where there's a lot of innovation that has happened we've gone ahead with even using technology to enhance customer mm-hmm. experience all of that stuff Mm. What, what has happened in West Africa, and I can boldly say for all of Africa, for my interactions with my CX network across, yeah. across the continent, is we have, we just sit back in admiration of what happens in the Western world. Mm. And then we have now kind of leapfrog into using technology when there's no foundation for CX. Right. Okay. Right. It's so for us, exactly. So right. for us, the first step is with customer relationship management. That's the foundation. If you yeah. don't have that, you cannot evolve into CX. Right. right? So in, in, in West Africa, I think we don't understand that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we just think it's, you know, and, I, and I, I'm saying this, you know, from a place of practice, right? Because this yeah. is what I do for a living. I do this for customers. Now, in managing a customer's relationship, we kind of attach it to a human being. So I'll use the banking industry as an example where 
there can be a million of accounts and you have one account officer is that 300 to 150 to 200 consigned to one account officer. Mm -hmm. It's manual. Mm -hmm. Now taking, because we have not embraced our own expression of CX, we have not taken relationship management and looking for ways to make that as effective as possible. Mm -hmm. so, so, I mean, you have CRM solutions today where account officers don't need to call everybody. He can use data, he can engage, he can segment. So yes, it's focusing on the 20 that gives him 80%, but the 80 that gives you 20 are also important. And you can actually manage those without that physical contact or those phone calls. Mm -hmm. That's where technology comes in. So I think we have got it all wrong. Mm -hmm. And because we have got it all wrong, the business, African business are not seeing the kind of reward that CX can give. Mm -hmm. That's the major problem. So that I think that's where we're at. So adopting CX for us is becoming a challenge because we have missed that very foundational stage, which is managing each customer as a relationship. Right. Now, the CX bit is let's look through their journey and how we manage their relationships and how can we be proactive mm -hmm. in defining design experiences that will not just keep them coming back, mm -hmm. but even generations after them. Okay, you so, know what I mean. So that I think that's the case, and that's the difference between yeah. So, so I just to play that back to you. So that's saying basically, um, you've leapfrogged the whole part that the Western world did of discovering CX and focusing on things like service and relationship management, and have just gone straight for technology solutions yes. that solve exactly that. And and with that <laughs> has come the problem of it doesn't work as effectively because the foundation was yeah. never understood in the first place. So you've got this whizzy yeah. system that can do stuff, but you don't know what mm -hmm. we need it to do for the customer, for example. Exactly. Right, and and there's nothing, and there's nothing to rest it on. Right. So yeah. I know about one of the big banks in Nigeria today that has, I mean, heard everybody has a chatbot, mm -hmm. right. And they went ahead and got a chatbot. And I'm asking, what information did you feed into that chatbot? How did you, what information did you use from your relationship, managing customer relationships as your chatbot scripts? Mm. So you have not managed my relationship. How do you know what I need to know? Yeah, I get you. I get so you. at the end of the day, all that money gone, yeah. chatbot not in use. Think about how many millions. Yeah, what wasted that. No, That's what's going on. Actually, to some examples in the western world where actually the same thing happens <laughs> so we've had a better, oh, right. a better okay. foundation but i mean but i mean as in like the the the, the perk of the technology or the function or the feature mm -hmm. of it is primarily the function of why it's bought so not we've identified a need that we need mm -hmm. to automate this part of the experience to better serve our customers and give our agents yeah. the time so they end up yeah. with the same thing, a chatbot that is rubbish and makes things more difficult. Exactly. So, exactly. So, so I think, you know, it's a global issue that you need the right yeah. foundation to be able to because there's a Because there's a focus on seeing technology as a solution, solution instead of yeah. the enabler. Exactly. And, and I That's always, the problem. Yeah. I always say problems, not solutions, because we need to understand what customers and employees and the business yeah. <laughs> have as the challenge yeah. that the technology might be able to answer. If we just go straight to mm -hmm. technology solution, we might be mm -hmm. invested in, in the wrong, or not or the wrong thing, yeah. or something that doesn't fix the problem. So yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. <laughs> and, and, what, and what amazes me about that is the technology is selected without the users in the room. Yeah. 
So somebody just sees, oh, it's I, I, I travel to the UK. I saw this fantastic. Let's go get it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. But and you I- haven't engaged. That's employee experience, right? Yeah. You're working in the front line. What do you think? Do you need this? What will it do for you? Yeah. Well, then that's the and point it, of understanding problem yeah. first, right? Because you'd have a set of user requirements that would help you select the technology if you spoke to them first. Um, so exactly. So, yeah. so talking about this kind of like globalization of customer experience. So I, I love oh, wow. seeing you on as a as a brand, I guess, brand Debbie. Uh, you you know the CX queen. Like that's a bold statement. I absolutely love it, and much respect to you for as you said at the start of this. You know, pra- praising yourself, owning your success. You know, standing out there and saying, yeah. I am awesome. <laughs> what about it? I love it. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. To be honest, someone actually, I was someone actually. People actually called me that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You no, self-styled. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So like, and they do responding to my post and go like, oh, the screen yeah. of CX. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. if you see me that way, then who am I not to yeah. see myself but, that but, way? But claim it, own it. I love it. Like people, exactly. I, I, like, I, I, I've had it. I've had it as well. And like, I feel like it really yeah. like, kind of like, oh, I can't be. <laughs> I'm, I'm, but, but we're all awesome. yeah. Right. We're, it, we, and, are, and, we are. We are. We are. And I think yeah. We the are. Voice. And I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 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 that. That's what that's what has been my journey in building my global brand, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I have never seen myself as a global brand. You just said it now, so I'm adding that to one of my titles. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it, do it. <laughs> well, I don't right? know when, when you yeah. start getting on like the global influencer list and stuff. You are yeah. a global brand, right? And, and exactly, I think, I think what we're saying is, you know, like being a woman from West Africa in Mm -hmm. the CX global economy and starting to do Mm -hmm. kind of like speaking opportunities alongside global thought leaders being on those lists and stuff you are a global brand the evidence is there so exactly just just tell me to point it out to you (laughs) but what are the what are the challenges that you've been or or faced with becoming part Hmm. of this global community in CX I I think the number one challenge I would say has been me and accepting that I have content right so when i started off it was okay what do you there's this question of what do you know who are you what do you know where have you been right and what i did was and i dealt with i'm going to be really honest but that's what i really love about this platform right i'm going to be really honest and tell real, you talk, it is. real talk right so i i struggled with that for a while who was asking that question of you or yeah, so when I started, I actually got that feedback from someone that somebody she knew was saying to her, what does Debbie know that she's going, what's she doing, what does she know, right? Oh, People wow. make this kind of comment. Yeah, make kind of comment. And, and, you know, when I started, I started off really confident, yeah. oh, I've done this for so many years, I want yeah. to commercialize my work experience yeah. and build that brand and earn a living. And when I heard that, it got to me. Mm. Um, and, it, and I'm going to be really honest with you Claire it got to me because so a friend was asking me for a service right mm. and I mean this is what I do for a living so you mm. have to pay mm. now she says to me um, someone told her but I thought Debbie is your friend so why is she asking you to pay mm. and I said if I come to you for food my daughter is nine years old would you feed me would you <laughs> put a roof over her head right but and, you know, so when, and then the other comments came in, like, what does she even know, right? That she's asking you to pay. So those kind of comments, you know, and I've dealt with insecurities in my life to some extent. So I just, you know, keep have affirmations that I work with every single day just to re-emphasize to myself that I am good enough. Mm-hmm. I can be I'm more than enough. I have everything that I need. Like the Bible would say that pertains to life and godliness. Sorry, I'm a church girl. Just slip that in. <laughs> <It's all> right. <laughs> right. Now, um, 
So I had to take a step back and go through my entire career mm-hmm. and literally clear. I wrote down every single thing that I have done that I got an accolade for, mm-hmm. not what I applauded myself for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote down External every single thing that I had. And I'm like, I did this, my God, I did this. Oh my God. And I noticed the pattern that the value of my contributions that got those accolades were never at the same level. The levels always went up, right? They always went high. I said to myself, you are good enough. Mm. This is who you are. Mm. So for anybody who thinks that Debbie is not, Mm. let me re-emphasize and reintroduce myself, right? So I always, (laughs) so that's when, you know, I, I now began to talk up you've done these good things talk about it it's you it's not somebody else you're no fluke right so I started putting those things out there and some of them are my strong opinions I give an example or something I put up on LinkedIn and again that's where principles and values come in Mm. and I and we've talked about this a couple of times Claire the issue around people contacting you and saying be a judge the CX Mm. award and paying to be a judge right we've talked about this of speaking and paying to speak and I'm saying to myself you took your time to go through my profile Mm. I am the one adding value to your event Mm. it's not ethically right that you ask me to pay you to add color to your event because technically speaking without me you have no event Mm. right um so I mean I put up that post and I got I got some some emails from some what I'll call CX bullies in the male category globally yes right um so when I got those emails I mean that's why it's good to do the work in yourself and and know who you are and be sure of who you are so I got that message and the person who globally right was questioning my authenticity described me as a person of color which has never happened to me before in my life. Nobody has ever called me a woman of color. And then she's a woman. So who is she to question (laughs) why we ask people to pay to be award judges, right? So in building that global brand, these are, and then I'm thinking to myself, and I noticed that a few friends I already started connecting with on LinkedIn stopped following me and Mm. pulled back, right? Mm. But yeah, but you know, here's the thing, Claire, because I've done my work in knowing who I am, I don't care mm. because my story is not driven by people recognition. I'm driven by passion. I'm driven because I have seen what CX can do. I mean, I run a business. Mm. I earn a living helping businesses manage CX, mm. right? So I have seen, and I'm so happy when I get the call after trainings, we are like, Debbie, it's been so amazing. I love, I love the impact and I'm driven by that. Mm. So whatever you think, it's fine, right? And guess what I found out? Because I realized that, you know what? I don't need you because my story is my purpose and my purpose, and it makes me do the work. So I don't limit myself to knowledge of CX for Africa. Mm. I I, I expand my thoughts. I read a lot. I read a lot of white papers. I attend webinars. I still need to keep learning. So in putting my global brand, my global brand out there, really, for me, the challenge, you know, just being First of all, is telling myself I'm a global brand and I have content. Mm. It's one thing to be a global brand. It's another thing to have content that is relevant, (laughs) right? Right. So those two things. And then having people question Mm. your authenticity. 
as another challenge. And, and bringing to which it is, person of color and woman of color. Do you understand? Like that really got me. That yeah. really got me. And, and do you know what that did for me, Claire? Do you know what that did for me, Claire? It what? made me happy yeah. because it meant that Debbie is known. Yeah. If you feel intimidated <laughs> enough yeah. to describe me in a way that puts me down and lifts you up, yeah. then I am your competition. And that was it. That was my aha moment. Haters gonna hate. <laughs> Haters gonna hate. <laughs> I was, I was, I was actually, I was actually very happy when that happened. Yeah. I was happy because, hey, Debbie, you are a threat. You know, you've made it when you are a threat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, you made it when people start giving exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I think, and the, th- the the fourth thing I would say is, bold, being bold enough to yeah. find. I think the fourth thing I would say is finding a blend between what's authentic, yeah. what's um, globally acceptable, yeah. that can connect with different target audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right? So this, when I'm... Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was okay. just thinking there's, <laughs> just, there's just so much to unpack so far in what you said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I guess as, a, as the host, like, I, d- I just wanted to like reflect on a few, sure. few of those kind of first, even, even three or four points, which will probably lead us perfectly into the last question. Um, but that kind of sense of building your own brand in the face of people questioning your integrity and your authenticity. Mm-hmm. So whether that's mm-hmm. someone saying, what does she really know? Or, you know, saying things like woman of color in a conversation where you're challenging the status quo yeah. is it's tough, right? And I, I think what I what I felt when you were talking about that was that moment in time for me as well, where it made me doubt myself. But what I've seen from from you and what I've had to do too, is kind of not let that internalization of somebody else's negativity affect me. And what Mm -hmm. I'm seeing here is literally one of the strongest women I know in CX, who is a complete and absolute queen and takes no shit from anybody. Um, and it's really impressive. It's really inspirational. And yeah. I really admire you for that because what we have to do, ladies, when we get those voices trying to bring us down is park it and say, there's a reason behind why you're trying to say this to me or why you're trying to tear mm-hmm. me down. I've had it myself yeah. from senior women in work, in my industry or in CX, but They've always had, I think, <laughs> a bit of an agenda as to why they wouldn't want me to feel as confident in myself. Um, yeah. So with feedback, I, I, I they're, kind of they're threatened. They're threatened. Somebody's by threatened by these these women. That's what it is. <laughs> these women that because, are allowed. Because I mean, there's, there's what. Let me shock you, Claire. One of the guys is actually one of the sub, well big guns in CX, and I call them um, I call them bullies, right? Sector bullies, just bullies. And he took his time to send me an email on LinkedIn to. Mm to enlighten me of who all the clients he has worked for and mm-hmm. what he has accomplished. Mm-hmm. And that was when I knew that I was right on the money. Mm-hmm. So when someone tells you, this is who I am, mm-hmm. it's the first level of insecurity. The bra- yeah, the bragging right. So, <laughs> right? Yeah. I feel threatened so, by you, I, so I'm <laughs> going to try out all the reasons why I'm better than you. But, but, but the thing I exactly. object, but the thing, like, the thing I object to in what you, what you said, you know, that you can deal with that. But then the first... What was it like to have be called a woman of color for the first time in your life? By the, I'm assuming oh, wow. a white, I'm assuming a white dude. <laughs> yeah, 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 I was, um, I was, I was speechless. 
And it was at the time where the Black Lives Matter thing was really strong, right? Mm-hmm. In the middle of the lockdown, I was, comp- because I was a bit removed, because I, I don't live in America, so I don't yeah. understand to what extent, mm-hmm. even though I can identify with what's going on somewhat, yeah. but I was taken aback. Like, yeah. It's, it's, and it's not just that comment. I get a sense sometimes when I even interact with people, even on, like, I'm going to be honest, Claire, you know me, I'm down to what I say it as it is, right? Whatever happens, happens, right? To, now, there are comments that, there are comments like, you know, what do you know, again, because you're a person of color, That's disgusting. right? It's like CX is for the Western world. We are leading with CX, right? But here's the but here's the thing: we're all doing this together, and there are different expressions of CX. Yeah. And it's okay if you feel that way about me. It's okay because guess what? Not on me. It's on you. Yeah, yeah. And and do you know what? It's definitely not on me. It's on you. This is part of the reason, right, why we need this global community of women in CX to kind of like call out the CX patriarchy <laughs> to yeah. some extent, who are. Um, I could put, if you look at the website for women in CX, the reason I wanted to do this in the first place was they put a list out of like top influencers in the UK. And I was number five, oh, right. but I was like the top woman. And I'd only been out of corporate for two years. So I was like, hang on a minute, where are all the women? And why are the four guys ahead of me? <laughs> or, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so there's, there's so many, there's so many women doing, and I really don't mind if it's a man, if it's a woman, if you're white, if you're no, black, if no, you're, no, 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 we're but, all doing this together, right? But, but we're I all doing this together. We are, we are all doing it together, but we need more women to be seen and visible and speaking our truths with our yeah. own authenticity and not mm-hmm. having to modify what we say or we think or we do in order to fit in with the expectation that particularly the patriarchy of CX yeah, has. And yeah. that's no offense but, to anybody. But, but yeah, yeah, on, so that's moving, fine. Moving on, moving on to, I guess, my final question, really, because I'm conscious of the, the listener's time, is it's really like, where does this feminine energy come from? Because it is <laughs> so powerful. And like, I, if you could bottle it, maybe like sell it, that would be great, please, because I'd love some. <laughs> Tell me, how, how you know, where does this kick out? Like, <laughs> To be honest, honest, I didn't always have that. I used to be really masculine um, growing up. And and then I was because I was in competition with men. Right, okay. So So modified. My understanding was I needed to be like you to dominate, which is why no one can intimidate me, man or woman. Like I I take you out if I have to, (laughs) right? So, but I'm realizing that, I'm coming to realize that as women, I mean, we're we're talking before this podcast, as women, we are so blessed with multitasking. We're so blessed with like doing like a thousand things and like a thousand talents, right? And I've come to realize that I win when I deliver those things and still show you that I'm a woman. Mm -hmm. So yes, you can bake the cake. I can bake the cake. But when you ice the cake and I ice, the, you can tell the difference, mm. right? Because I'm icing the cake in stilettos. It makes a lot of difference. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it makes it. So I, I'm come to that place where even, even when I started, my favorite color is black, yeah. but I'm now embracing, you know, more feminine. And it, it also affects my mood. It affects yeah. how calmly I communicate mm. with people. And I've, I've realized that in, in being more feminine in my approach, in leveraging my feminine intelligence, I have been able to bring in more men into my fold. Mm-hmm. So you're not feeling intimidated by me. The men are creating space for this lady. Right. It doesn't change that I don't know what I know. 
Yeah. We're, but we're, they're more accepted because I'm not competing with you. Yeah. I'm just in my lane. Doing your, and you're doing in your, your way. lane. <laughs> in my way. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm learning that. I'm, I'm really learning. And I've, I'm seeing the results. And it's making me more confident in myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm totally with and, you on that. And I, I think I did the same thing and a lot of women do is like thinking that in order to succeed in a man's world, we have to be equally dominant and loud. Um, and I, I know a lot of senior women who end up wearing trouser suits all the time, having their hair cut really short, not particularly wearing much makeup because being as similar to a man in a man's world doing ma- the, the, <laughs> not the man's job because men yeah. and women do the same job um, yeah. seems to make it easier. And and I know like I was always like very feminine, always had my hair, you know, long, lovely hair. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> It's my, it's my part of my personal brand um same as you you know like we're loving to wear high heels and um and, and actually being called out for that a couple of times or at least mm-hmm. had be an assumption being made that because I was a feminine woman <laughs> embracing my my femininity that in some way that was mm-hmm. going to make me less effective at my job so I really like what you said there um and I'm going to remember that I I, I slay but I slay in stilettos <laughs> Exactly. And, and the reason why I like that is because, yes, my femininity gets me through the door, yeah. but that even makes you more amazed at my outcome and my results yeah. because you don't see me coming. Yeah. So you might have a prototype or a stereotype of women who wear stilettos, they're fragile, yeah. they can't do this. It's okay. Yeah. I'll be fragile. Just get me through the door, right? Yeah, and yeah. then I'll show you what that you what's do. up here, yeah. there's no match. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so it's been amazing talking to you today. Like, Likewise. I, I, I feel like so much like inspiration and girl power, I think is the only phrase I can bring to mind when we collaborate together. Um, I'm really excited about the future of this global community with you. And um, we've talked about some really important things today, which is about, you know, CX is a, is a global challenge that we're all working on together and there shouldn't be a western world domination yeah and discrimination again or 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 even the sense of making people feel less than because we're different or the Mm -hmm. practices aren't as advanced everybody's got something to add we are all on this journey together and i'm just so glad that we're now going to have spaces where we can have these real talk conversations and use our voices as loudly as we like and 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 celebrate that feminine energy in cx in a more visible way with each other so just like to say thank you so much for coming on the show today virtual high five thank you (laughs) <laughs> see if we can time it <laughs> and for anyone anyone listening we were just trying to do a high five on zoom um uh, if you've not got the video on um but yeah thank you it's it's great to talk to you and thank you yeah i can't wait until i make it to lagos next year 2021 <laughs> yes yes <laughs> gonna yes. come and visit you <laughs> well have a great day debbie i would and- love that you too <laughs> and we'll see you soon Take bye bye Thanks for listening to the Women in CX podcast with me, Claire Muscat. If you enjoyed today's show, please drop us a like, subscribe and leave a review on whichever platform you're listening or watching on. And if you want to know more, please join us at the Women in CX community and follow Women in CX on LinkedIn. Join us again next week where I'll be talking CX tech and life lessons with another inspiring woman in CX who rose to success as a young gay woman working in the male-dominated pub industry and survived cancer to become a leading consultant at global SaaS provider Medallia. See you all next week.